0: on this episode of the girl talk podcast and then i've chosen to spend a day praying about my grief and praying to god to help me through my grief and praying to god to be with me in those moments and that was a good day
1: you're listening to the girl talk podcast brought to you by fox toyota of east tennessee my name is carol i'm kelly hey i'm trisha and we're so glad that you're around the table today with us grab a cup of coffee because this one's going to be a heavy one but one i think we need to address so have you heard anybody say recently i just want things to get back to normal
2: Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) I think I've said that. I know, right?
1: (laughs) Right? That's something that has come out of all of our mouths. And I think in talking with my small group at church, just some friends and just hearing this conversation, I I think we have an unrealistic expectation of what normal was, because there were a lot of things at the beginning of the pandemic that we made all the or I, don't, I don't know if y'all did but i made all these goals like i'm gonna live life differently yes. and i'm not gonna have my <laughs> schedule so full anymore That's look right. at all this free time mm. and i'm gonna mm. grow an herb garden and i'm going to yeah. climb mount <laughs> change <the> <laughs> i'm gonna read I'm those gonna books. i'm gonna do all those things yeah. uh-huh. and then Expertise. when things started opening up we were right back in the place that we were Sure. you know maybe worse maybe <laughs> worse yeah so i i think today where we dive in and start with this is how do you grieve the loss of normal because i think that is a very real um struggle mm. for especially women right now because we have an expectation i think in our minds of what we think normal is and then when yeah. we don't we either you know don't live up to that or exceed that mm. I, I think this mm-hmm. is just a crazy kind of grief journey um and i think it's something that we definitely need to talk about
2: mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. we also have expectations that we can control it
1: you mm-hmm. know yeah. those
2: type a personalities especially right. that are like i i can control all my things all every all the circumstances around me i can control and that just ain't true but it's the truth
1: true. of the matter is before the pandemic ever started we weren't in control it's true
2: mm-hmm. i mean that
1: was a false a pseudo control, if you will. You know, we thought we had control of yeah. things. And then you have, a, you know, add in an international pandemic, which none of us have been through before. And I heard somebody say it Nor so brilliantly. Nor do we want to do it again. No. no I heard somebody please. say so brilliantly, you know, when, you, you, when your kid tries to walk for the first time, you go, don't go, why don't you just quit? You didn't no. do it right your first time. And yet this was our first pandemic. And so the struggle of learning how to live, learning how to mm. school our children, learning how to do all those things. Um we didn't give ourselves much grace and we mm-hmm. expected to be really good at it. And um You know what I
0: think it. we're experiencing right now? I heard this phrase today and I think it's such a perfect one. Change fatigue. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yes. There's yes, yes, so yeah. many changes. Yep. Even a day to day with mm-hmm. well what does this business say or what does this person say and this the health is changing and the environment's changing and this is changing. So much change and we have Zero margin left. I feel right. like for the past year, year and a half, two years, we've been trying so hard to kind of keep up with things that that it's just we're done. We're just exhausted. And when yeah. one thing goes that challenges us and, and disrupts our equilibrium, mm. at least I feel like I fall apart because I have no margin left. I can't mm. absorb anything else. I've got no bandwidth left. You know, And that bleeds
2: into so many other things. Oh, yeah. That it's not just change with pandemic-related things, but anytime anything is uncertain or changes, then I know for me, that's when I start feeling that level of stress. Yes. So how do we get that margin back? Huh.
1: I mean, at least that's what I'm hearing, you know. I, I, I
0: think, I think, Expectations are big here. Like, sure. what are the expectations? And you mentioned it earlier. Like, what are the expectations of normal? What is normal? Yeah. Maybe we don't... Maybe there is no normal. Maybe we just have to kind of let go of what we're hoping is going to come back or what we're hoping is going to happen, and and we're just going to have to embrace um, the moment and where we are now. And here's the thing. None of this is a surprise to God. Right. Reading the Bible, you see that he has already told us, you know, be prepared. It's not going to be easy here, but I'm going to be with you. I'm going to take care of you. But I think my issue is when I start to expect things to get easy, when I start Mm -hmm. to expect I can now get back in the hammock. You know, it's not going to be that way. And the more I try to, to get it back that way, the more disappointment I get.
1: Yeah, so I think we should. You, you something you were going to? Well, I was just going to
2: say too. I think part of it too is that we have we do keep changing, mm. and yeah. at some point in time, we do have to get to a place where we say this is what's right for me, right? You know, and I hate the phrase hey, you do you boo," but right. that's kind of that's kind of the thing. <laughs> I never heard we the are. boo on the end that there, Kelly. Kelly. That's so cool good coming out
1: of Kelly's mouth. <laughs>
2: that's, you do you boo? You hey boo. boo! It's the thirteen-year-old running off. Well, there you <laughs> go, but. We, have to, we kind of have to get right. to a place where we say, this is what it's going to look like for me, and here's the rules I'm going to follow, and here's the rules I'm not, and here's how I'm going to change, and here's how I'm not okay. going to change. And that's kind of hard, too. So so here's what I want us to do, because all three of us have gone
1: through a grief journey, very different um, of sorts, but mm. grief. And so what if we lay our grief journey that we've experienced in life alongside mm. the grief of our normal and, and mm. try to come up with some strategies Mm -hmm. and plans to move forward, because I'm going to ask both of you this question. What are some steps that you've taken in your grief journey of grieving somebody that is very special to you in your life? What are the steps that you took to move forward so that maybe we can, you know... Mm duplicate Mm. those steps in our lives now to kind of help us get some forward momentum. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it makes perfect sense.
2: So I'll start with you, KB. Yeah, sure. Mm. So my, um, my most profound grief Mm. I had is uh, losing a, one of my best friends um, five years ago, actually this week, Mm. um, passed away from um, unexpectedly from undiagnosed leukemia. Um, And we, we had done a lot of things together. So for me, the best healing I had was to continue to do those things Mm. in memory of her. So... For instance, her birthday was a couple of months after she passed away. To To, to celebrate her birthday, mm-hmm. um, a girlfriend and I uh, got together, and we actually had a, a picture of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we took a, it was actually a life-size picture of her, um, <laughs> around different places around what? our hometown. That's and cool. did things in celebration of her with her picture. So we got a birthday cake, and we mm-hmm. went and played video so, uh, not video wow. games, board games, because that uh, was something she really loved to uh-huh. do Um we went to a card shop and a bookstore and did all these little things right, to remember her, things we would have done with her. And so for me, that really mm. helped keep her alive, okay. keep her memory alive, mm. even though in many ways it was painful because she wasn't there. We could say, you know, Kirsten would love this. Mm. Kirsten would have. Could remember the yes, good Yes, you could remember it and, and yeah. keep all of those Um, happy memories alive that That, connection alive and that was so important for me
1: yeah Absolutely. Okay, what about you, Tricia?
2: Well, that
0: was, i just going to say, I love the fact that you did that and you you held on to the special days. I think that's important. Uh, right. It's what we're talking about right now, lessons we've learned through grief, holding on to special days and making them special, mm-hmm. allowing them to be special. And special doesn't always mean like celebration and joy. Sometimes special can mean I'm taking the day off and I'm going to stay at home all yep. day because right. I, I need that time. Right. So uh, being aware of those special days, I think is, is very important. Lessons I learned through the grieving process, and most of them were for from having um grieved the the unexpected death of my mother who Mm -hmm. died in a car accident um give yourself grace Mm. you have to give yourself grace knowing that it's you're not going to be your best. Yeah. Can we say that? You're yeah, not sure. going to be your best right. going through a grief process of any sort. And knowing that's the case and not holding yourself up to some standard that's unreachable is going to feel better. It's going to feel better. Um, I, one thing I really learned is there's a difference between complaining and, or, or, or soaking in bad feeling and praying. Hmm. And I, I know the difference because I've done both of them. Mm -hmm. I chose to spend a day in anger, complaining, frustration, Mm. and it wasn't good (laughs) day, day and a half. It wasn't good. And then I've chosen to spend a day praying about my grief and praying to God to help me through my grief and praying to God to be with me in those moments. And that was a good day. Mm. And there are there's a difference between those two approaches. Um,
2: can I ask a question? yeah, what is your your day that you spent complaining? What did that look like?
0: I mean, what so it was this it was this past year, Carol, you may remember it because I yeah. shared it with you guys. You may too, Kelly. It was this past year. It was the anniversary of Mom's death. Mm. And so m- I remember this very clearly because my sister chose to get some friends together and play praise music. Mm. Okay. I chose to, um, I think I took the day off. And I played tennis (laughs) and I had a miserable day Hmm. because I just I was mad all day. I was mad at people. I didn't I I spent a little bit of time praying. I didn't spend a lot of time praying. Hmm. Just I just I did, you know, my Bible thing in the morning. And then I was just like, this is a terrible day. And I I just sort of gave in to the frustrations. Does that make sense? And then I played tennis and I was like, God, I better win. Well, guess what? <laughs> I lost. I was really mad afterwards. I was like, can't you just let me win on my th- this time. terrible day? Yeah, it, but I, he was telling me, this has these two things are not related. You need to come to me. You don't need to push me away., yeah. don't need to make demands. You need to come and be loved and be held. Mm. Mm. Instead of that, and so I know the difference because I lived it. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's yeah. how I spent mm-hmm. that day. Yeah. I ate whatever I wanted, and I just, nah, 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 you know. So it's almost like
2: your attitude, yeah. That you came yeah. to it with a angry, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, mad, yeah. Attitude. It was a
0: choice to be miserable, yeah, yeah.
2: Oof. So such an um, easy thing for us to do. Oh, little, absolutely, a common thing. Absolutely,
1: the thing that I learned in my grief journey was that it can hit you out of nowhere, like. Oh, yes. I'm I'm still amazed a little yep. bit at it because you you can go along think you're having a great day yeah and then all of a sudden it's like something like I'll give you for instance um my dad loved silver dollars I don't know if I told y'all this or not but my dad loved silver dollars he would like if he got a silver dollar he would hang on to it mm-hmm. so after he died found all these silver dollars and two dollar bills were his thing right and um so I was uh, we're driving through the drive through and um the the person at the window gave me back my change and I thought that feels odd in my my hand but I didn't think anything about it I did what because you get pennies but yeah. <laughs> you don't get very much back but I thought that felt odd so I threw it into my change thing right there in my car and uh, we got home and I had forgotten something in the car and I went back out there and that was the only change in the little cup and there was a silver dollar in there and I completely had a full-blown come apart right there of over a silver mm-hmm. dollar you know mm-hmm. and um When I first was new to my grief journey, I kept trying to um, avoid those feelings for the sake of everyone else because I didn't want everybody to feel uncomfortable and not know what to say and to have to try to come up with a a platitude or Mm -hmm. something positive to say, you know, which Mm -hmm. only ended up making things worse most of the time. You know, so I would try so hard to mask that emotion instead of feeling it fully and and really, even though it's a sad emotion, grieving what what was in the memory of my dad, which is so good. Cause I mean, we tell stories about him all the time here in the office, you know, <laughs> he was so fun. he was fun. <laughs> and and so but but not trying to push those feelings down. And I and I feel like right now, especially our culture is like, OK, it's over with over with in quotes, air quotes. Mm-hmm. It's over with. So now we got to move on. But we haven't dealt with the emotions Mm -hmm. of fill-in-the-blank of the past two Mm -hmm. years. A lot of people have lost family members. Mm -hmm. Not only the loss Mm -hmm. of normal, I Mm -hmm. mean, but we've lost time. Some of us, I -hmm. mean, if you have a family member that's in a facility, you lost probably a year to 18 months of not being Mm -hmm. able to see them. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's all these things. Experiences. Yeah, we weren't weren't Mm -hmm. able to... you know, cultivate those friendships that we love so much. We're all stuck at home, you know. So there are yeah. some of those things that I feel like we still need to grieve and not kind of squash. Mm-hmm. Squash, is that
0: a word? It can be. Squash
1: and yeah. squish. <laughs> I think squishing it's squishing and squashing all at the same um, time. So I think we not, we don't need to, to squash those emotions, but to, to truly feel them because then you can move on. Like after I had my full-blown come apart over the silver dollar, I was like, okay, now I'm good and I can go on with my day. But I didn't feel compelled to, to like, a, a push that down yeah, and it come
0: out in some other way. Does that make no, sense? It makes perfect sense and yeah. one of the biggest lessons I think that we can all take away is you can feel hard things mm. and should feel hard things. This was a revelation to me with, with my weight. I'm going to even say this, with my weight because I used to eat for comfort mm, I because I yeah. didn't want to feel yeah. certain things and it, it could have been different things. It might be rejection or Anger or whatever, But I would eat. And then when, at some point I learned, you can feel that. You don't have to numb that. Mm-hmm. And once I did that, a lot of health things kind of changed for me because wow. I wasn't doing things to stop those feelings that were going to mm-hmm. come anyway. It's like trying to stop right. a wave on the ocean. You mm-hmm. can't do it. Yeah. But you can try to do it. Yeah. But it, your, your efforts will be in vain. But you, when you realize that you, with, with God's help, This is with God's help. Sure. You can experience hard emotions Mm. and live through it. Yeah. That can change your life. Man, that's good.
2: Yeah. And too, when you experience those and you recognize them and you identify them, then you can Mm -hmm. figure out healthy ways to deal with them going forward. Mm. Yeah. Um, And that's so good because when we try to suppress all of those feelings, that's when we start to make really poor choices about... Mm our health, about ways we deal with things. That's really good. Yeah. I like that a lot. Well we can learn that
0: through this grief to feel. process, yeah. right? You've got permission to feel. Yeah. You can you can do it
1: with God's help. And I think um once you you know, if you go through the grief process, you kinda learn strategies and things that are triggers. Yeah. And and there are things that you of course want to stay away from. But you also develop a framework for being able to deal with those things and being yeah. able to say this is what it is, mm-hmm. and I I can still very much grieve it and feel it, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna. In the beginning, for me, it was debilitating. Mm-hmm. Like the grief was so much, I just couldn't even. You know, it was. It took everything I had just to get out of bed in the morning. That was that was all I could do. It was like if I can just get out of bed today, I'm I'm doing good. But but now I know those things are waiting. Um, but I have sh- more strategies in my mm-hmm. toolbox to kind of deal with those things. And I think that's kind of yeah. where we want to um, encourage you today mm-hmm. is that you don't have to stay stuck.
2: Yeah. And I think a Comment. lot of that too is a, f- a reframing of your own thoughts too. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, one of Kirsten's favorite, favorite bands, actually her favorite, all time favorite band was need to breathe. Mm. And so now every time I hear a need to breathe mm-hmm. song, I'm, I'm flooded with great memories of her. Yeah. And the way I've started thinking about it is instead of getting sad about it, because I could, that could be easy to do. Sure. I try to go, oh, this is God's way of saying, I see you, mm. I hear you, I know what you need, and I love you. Yeah, And here's a little God wink. Yeah, and so I've tried true. to turn all those things like that little silver dollar moment, yeah, yeah. you know, into God winks to right. say, God knows me intimately and knows what's going to make a difference in my grief process. And it's so comforting, you know. Absolutely.
0: And you don't have to get there right away. Right. Yeah. Because I think there are days where getting out of bed is plenty. Yep. If you are yep. new to an experience and just struggling. But then you will yeah. do that reframing, Kelly. Mm-hmm. That's so right. Yeah. And then you can take the triggers and you can make them reminders of God's goodness. Mm-hmm.
2: And I think having girlfriends to talk about it with mm-hmm. is so huge because you want to talk. I want to hear about your dad. Yes. I want to mm-hmm. hear about your mom. I want to yeah. talk about Kirsten. Right. out loud. Mm-hmm. And yeah. remember those things and share the stories. So having people in your life that want to and are eager to hear about your loved ones. Yes. That you've lost is so important and and mm. that is important
1: yep. in our journey too with what we've been through to talk about it i yeah. think yeah. you know if, if i come away with anything from this conversation it's find you somebody that will let you talk yeah. <laughs> because in your grief journey not yes. somebody who feels like they got to fix you or make everything better or tell you aren't you glad they're in heaven you know aren't you glad we've been through a pandemic well no nobody's glad No one's, I know I haven't run into one person that was like, man, hadn't this pandemic been great? (laughs) High five, high five. (laughs) Like, I can't wait for the next one. Nobody says that, right? Nobody. So if you, you better not around me. I know, right? If you find somebody who will sit in it with you and just let you talk about what you have lost and not feel uncomfortable, that's the thing about it. We all want to make each other feel better, but sometimes the best thing you can do is just sit and listen. Mm -hmm. You know, just sit and let somebody share that with you. So, to wind up, I, anybody else have anything they want to share? Uh, to wind up today, I was given a tremendous gift at Christmas time this past year um, of a book called "Every Moment Holy." And don't let the title of uh, the subtitle—it's liturgies about death, grief, and hope. If you know somebody who's grieving, get them this book mm-hmm. because it is so profound. And as we close today, I would like the opportunity to. Um, Pray this written prayer over us um, yes. as we go, because yeah, it's a little bit long, but I hope you'll just bear with us because it's so powerful. Once again, the name of it is Every Moment Holy, Volume 2, Death, Grief, and Hope. And this has been a book that I have sat down with many times when I felt like, God, no one understands what I'm feeling in my heart, that this author has been able to put to words and prayer the very things that we're struggling with. So see if you find yourself in the words of this prayer. Uh, This is um, a liturgy for a time of widespread suffering. So listen to these words. Christ, our King, our world is overtaken by unexpected calamity and by a host of attending fears, worries, and insecurities. We witness suffering, confusion, and hardship multiplied around us, and we find ourselves swept up in these same anxieties and troubles dismayed by so many uncertainties. Be merciful, O Christ, to those who suffer, to those who worry, to those who grieve, to those who are threatened or harmed in any way by this upheaval. Let your holy compassions be active throughout the world, even now, tending the afflicted, comforting the brokenhearted, and bringing hope to many who are hopeless. Father, may these days of disquiet become a catalyst for conviction and repentance Mm. For the tendering of our affections, for the stirring of our sympathies, for the refining of our love. We are your people who are called by you and we need not be troubled or alarmed. Indeed, O Lord, let us love now more fearlessly, Mm -hmm. remembering that you created in us and appointed us to live in these very places Mm -hmm. In the midst of these unsettled times, it is no surprise to you that we are here now sharing in this turmoil along with the rest of our society. For you have called your children to live as salt and light among the nations, praying and laboring for the flourishing of the communities where we dwell, acting as agents of your forgiveness, salvation, healing, reconciliation, and hope in the very midst of an often troubled world. And in these holy vocations, you have not left us helpless, O oh Lord, because you have not left us at all. Mm-hmm. Your spirit oh, yeah. remains among us. That is our hope. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray that you've been encouraged by this podcast. I want to thank our friends at Fox Toyota of East Tennessee for their support. And hey, get in touch if you... Um, have a comment or a question or anything that we can do for you, Girl Talk at the lightfm.org. And we will see you next time we gather around these microphones for the Girl Talk podcast. God bless you.